The opinions and views shared in this podcast are the opinions and views of the host and the host alone. They are not a reflection of his employer or any other organization that the host is a member of. The host does not speak for anyone, only himself. This is the I Am Pith Podcast. Get ready for contact. What's up, everybody? This is the I Am Pits Podcast, and this is your host, Dex. What's going on? I know it's been a minute. It's been a rough, been a rough July. Can't, man, a lot's going on. I'm going to explain that on my next solo podcast, but tonight is not a solo podcast. Tonight is a very special night because we have a very special guest. I want to say it's the first man to come into my house and white man to come into my house into my basement. I'm truly honored, my <laughs> sir. Truly honored, man. Do you feel safe? I do feel sick. You should. Yeah, absolutely should. You, you blend into well, the we, neighborhood, but I don't. We just, we just, <laughs> I thought your neighbors, I pulled in, I'm in the driveway. I'm like, I'm here. Your neighbors are like, who the hell is that? Who's that white boy going in, going into Dex's house? Roger knows everything about me in my house, bro. He knows who belong and who don't. I have no doubt. I thought you had like a secret white boy handshake or something y'all knew to communicate with each other. To, I just gave him a, I just gave him a nod. Just gave That's, that's ours. I said, what's up? That's, that belongs to us. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast, we have with me Jason Kiefer, one-fourth of the One More and I'm Out of Here podcast. One-third, one one-third. One-third, excuse me, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the tech guy. The tech guy, so yeah. <laughs> now, now, I got two uh, two great partners on ours, and obviously we were uh, graced with your presence, along with Mr. Tansy and Drew Breezy and, and that up in Cincinnati, and so I appreciate you uh, wanting to do a podcast with me and returning the favor. But of course, man. The other boys couldn't come down, but we'll, uh, we're going to make sure that we I'll be honest, make a I don't, trip. I don't think there's enough room on the uh, twin-size mattress for all, three, all you, four of you. And you definitely <laughs> don't want Rob in your house. No, I don't think Rob will fit on the mattress, <laughs> man. <laughs> Dan, Dan, Dan would just get lost. I'll just, hey, Rob, you could just sleep at the foot of my bed, man. There you go. <laughs> be like a big pound puppy. <laughs> Does he shed a lot? <laughs> sweat. He sweats. I say he, he looks sweat, like he sweats a lot. He sweats a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. So, man, I appreciate you coming down. But so, I've been talking with you guys now. God, man, how long has it been? I don't remember when we first made contact. It's, it's been such a wild year, man. I yeah, want to say been. maybe about over a year. Probably, probably close to it. Well, we're, I think we're coming up on a year because uh, you came up. You came up in November when we had Stu Scheller, yeah, sure. Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller, on. Was you that came, September? Uh, November. November. Oh, it was that's actually right. election day. November. That's right. Yeah, November eighth or whatever. Because I, I had just started my new gig. Yeah. With the new police department. And then work. Yeah, started your new gig. Worked, and then drove an hour and a half up to Cincinnati to come hang out with us, and then did it again the next day. <laughs> well, that's nothing. Because this past week, I've been driving two hours to uh, Richmond, Kentucky, from oh, Southern yeah. Indiana to go to DUI training. So I drove two hours to get there, two hours back, and everybody's like, "Bro, why are you driving?" Two hours to go to DUI training and come on. Why don't you just get a hotel? It's like, yeah, do y'all look at me? Do y'all know anything about Eastern Kentucky? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it's like we were talking earlier. What kind of what kind of hotel would you actually be staying in? <laughs> the quality in Richmond. I'm sure it might be nice for some people, but let me tell you something. I done worked hard my my whole damn life. I done worked hard. I want a nice hotel. And my the police department is not gonna pay for me to stay in the a, top of the line a, a hotel. Hilton. A Hilton, bro. No, not happening. Richmond's got a Motel Five and a Half. They only have Motel Six. Man, <laughs> they oh, leave God. half the light on. They about to say they don't leave the light on at all, bro. <laughs> and if you're from Richmond, I'm sorry. 
I know I'm talking trash, but it just it is what it is. But so I was like, man, you know what? I got a wife, I got a mortgage, and two kids. I'm gonna stay in my own house this week. So I got my black ass up every day. It's <laughs> five thirty. I made sure I hit the road by six to get the training. How long? How long were your your uh, your days each day? Like your classes? Uh, because they might be listening. I'm gonna say eight hours. Eight hours. That's right. Dot. I was just gonna. We say, didn't cut short. They are at always all. eight hours. Always eight hours. Always eight hours. But we skipped lunch sometimes. I mean, we just rolled through, bro. But it, no, that was a long. It week, sounds man. like a fire class. How long? How long <laughs> were we here? Eight hours. Eight hours, bro. Hey, if you get done early, remember, you're still on the clock. Yep. Don't beat your wife. Don't kick your dog. <laughs> don't go out drinking and driving. Don't, don't hit do the anything bar. stupid. <laughs> Speaking of hitting the bar, I want to give you all the official one more and I'm out of here opener. That a boy. Ah. I, pulled a, I pulled a Dan Carroll and had a premature crackage, as he says, <laughs> when I was thirsty. And I know what you're thinking if you're watching the live. Is this fool drinking a truly? Yes, I am. We had this conversation earlier. Now, you can drink. My man can put him down, but I told him, I was like, look, bro, I'm black, I'm 39, I'm a diabetic, I can't handle the carbohydrates. <laughs> I was like, I used to make fun of dudes that drunk these seltzers until I started getting older and having problems. I was like, you know what, I'm going to drink, but I'm going to drink responsibly. <laughs> drink responsibly. <laughs> but so I, I smash these Trulies when I can. They're not bad. No, they're not horrible, man. And I drink, uh, and I drink uh, a lot of bourbon. Well, I'm not going to say a lot of bourbon. I've cut back a lot on the drinking over the last couple couple months man because it's been a rough year for me with the ptsd and i don't want to compound my problems that's that's smart and i wanted to save a little bit of money and i should have started doing that earlier because we went to the movies earlier <laughs> and you know on our mandate on our mandate man it was it was nice but man, taking people out on dates is not cheap now bro <laughs> I'm, we not, went, I'm not a cheap date either no but you're absolutely worth every dime sir i appreciate that, that. beard i ain't gonna lie, i do miss the soul patch though It'll be back in a couple weeks when I go back to work. <laughs> oh, my my little Howie Menzel. <laughs> I'm getting. I'm just getting. I'm getting used to having this beard. It's the longest I've ever been able to grow it out since I've been, you know because working I can't have one. So since I've been off hurt, I just I pretty. I mean I trim it up a little bit, but tossed the razor. I said told Jill I said I'm not I'm not shaving until I go back to work. She was like, Oh God, Oh God. <laughs> she don't like the rugged man look. So this is only. I mean this is right at a month and a half. Man, and it's it's thick, and it's I'm looks starting, good though. I'm bro. getting that point where I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, it's it's probably about time to go. It's the salt and pepper, man. We like we could put you on a freaking uh, soap opera. You know, it's funny. Uh, my mom has been in and out of the hospital and um, was in a, a rehab for not drugs, people, not drugs or alcohol. <laughs> but uh, she's she's had a rough go. But she got back to her apartment, and I walked in, and I'd gotten hurt when she got in the when she went into the hospital. So my brother was kind of taking point on that. So I hadn't seen her in a few weeks. And I let this grow out, and we were talking earlier. You know, I lost my dad when I was young, and he always had a beard. And I walked in, and she started tearing up. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? You're home. You should be happy. Like, are those happy tears? She was like, oh, my God, you look just like your father. Wow. And she said, like, even the gray patches. <clears throat> same as him? It's all, like, in roughly the same area. And I've only got a few pictures of him, like, right before he passed. And, I, yeah, I was holding it up to the mirror. And I'm like, I'll be damned. Damn. Like it is. It's I pretty, saw that it's tattoo, man. The tattoo you got on, bro. I was like, man, that's a handsome devil. I, I don't you know what. I don't, some fabulous I, I don't know genetics. what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> man, but well, he'd definitely be proud of you, man. But so tonight we went to the movie theaters. I was all saying, it's weird. I haven't been to movie theaters in a long time ever since COVID. We've gone like maybe once or twice, but there's a reason why people sneak food and snacks into movie theaters. Did you see that broad next to me? No. She had she had a foot long Jimmy John's sandwich. 
that she brought just it, walked it, in with? And it was actually sitting in my chair. No, why are you serious? Because I got the you know, I got the typical you bought your seat, I skipped one and <laughs> bought the seat so that way we had our gay seat in between us. And then we ended up having to sit next to each other. Dex tried to hold my hand. I was like, well, I tried. Jill's going to be mad. So you I was rejected. I, I'll be honest, but I did not appreciate you know, that. I looked over and there's a there's a foot long Jimmy John's sandwich <laughs> sitting in my seat. And she's just she's housing this thing. <laughs> I, I was going to lean over and take a bite to see what she'd say. <laughs> I like, you but. bought enough for everybody, man. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, the amount I don't blame her, though, man. It costs no. so much money to get into the movies. Super but expensive. Tickets were twelve dollars. Literally. Look at me, people. I got a bottle of water and a small popcorn, fifteen dollars. No lie, fifteen bucks. Beers, beers are eight bucks. Oh, they, they were eight dollars oh, for yeah. a glass for a little plastic cup yeah, of beer. Sixteen ounces. You had what three? Yeah, I had three. God bless. I I, I consider it a vacation. Man, that's that white privilege money, boy. <laughs> so we can pay eight dollars for a cup of beer. That, it's that vacation. God, oh, it's vacation. Don't matter. I'll deal with it when I get home. God bless. That's <laughs> crazy, man. But they tasted lovely. Nah, well, it looked like they did, man. But they, so, man, we, we went to the movies, and we went to go watch the highly acclaimed movie everybody's been talking about, The Sound of Freedom. Man, so I've been wanting to watch that movie for the longest, bro, and I, everybody's been talking about it. And I think the first time I heard about it literally was a couple weeks ago. I was at work at, in, my, in my police uniform. We were eating at this restaurant, and I was sitting next to these two old white people, and they just started chatting us up. And you know me, me and you, we we vibe pretty much on the same thing politically. But yeah, we are we all know that there's people out there that are on the far extremes, and these people were on the far extreme, on the right side of things. Excuse me. So I'm sitting there, and she's like, "Sir, have you seen the sound of freedom?" I'm like, "I have not, but I hear it's wonderful." And I don't know. She was like, "You know, they don't want this movie to come out because they're all pedophiles." I'm like, "It's probably true." Right. I was I was vibing with her on that, but next thing you know, we started talking about. The QAnon conspiracies about how JFK, the president, John Fitzgerald Kennedy is still alive and he's not really dead. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm checking out, bro. I'm checking, <laughs> I'm checking out. out. Like, waiter, check. Man, it went from that to uh, how Nancy Pelosi is Hitler's daughter. <laughs> I I was like, oh, God, here it we go. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, the people that are amongst us. And her husband was on the city council where they lived at. No way. I was like, man. <laughs> uh, but, but, man but they just started, they kept chatting me up and asking me about stuff. And I was like. He takes her out to eat in a different city. <laughs> he needs don't, to. Don't talk to anybody. So, <laughs> well, they were both crazy. So they're both just vibing off of each other, man. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, man, my partner, you can just see my partner speeding up eating. He's just like. And we got to hurry to get the <laughs> hell up out of here. You know, so. Oh, yeah. And, you, and you're in uniform, so you got to definitely be careful. Oh, yeah. Be careful. Be nice. And be, be, be. We all know that there's people out there that are on the extremes of both ends. And I I pretty much stay in the middle. Yeah. And I, I tell people, it's not that I don't, don't believe in conspiracy theories. I believe that there is a smidge of truth to all things. But when it comes to the whole child trafficking thing, Oh, I'm absolutely 100% all on oh, board and behind it that it's said, real. Oh, I did say 100%. Oh, man. This is your podcast, your rules. I'm just going to continue oh. to do my rules, though. Yeah, you got to stay in practice, man. <laughs> <laughs> we got another one tomorrow, so I got to make sure. Yeah, I got to stay. Well, I got to get you lubed up. I got to stay lubed up. Lubed up quick, bro. Lubed up. <laughs> all 
I'm gonna give you the SSFTs in the morning, the field sobriety test where you leave, make sure you're yeah, good. It's practice, you just practice. went to class for it. Yes, so. sir. <laughs> Gotta take care of my guests, man. <laughs> I no, pay for your dinner, but I ain't paying for your uh, ticket. <laughs> it's it's amazing though, to your point. You know, you, you have the far on, on either side. And we were you know, we were talking on the way to the theater, you know, about politicians and I mean, every one of them's a liar. Everyone. In one way, shape, or form, right? But you have some that are completely extreme and their followers are completely extreme. And then you got ones that are, you know, that lean just a little bit off the middle, whether it's left or right. And like when I explain about our podcast, you know, I said we cover everything. And, you know, Dan, who's on the radio, he's very in tune with politics. And he, he's a lot more versed and, and he's smarter with it than I am. But I try, you know, I try to do my research, you know, so I'm not as ignorant as I really am. But when when things just get driven and browbeaten into your head, into your face, every which way you turn, both sides are giving us ammo right now. Yes. I mean, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Republican, Democrat, Independent. You, you, I mean, we're getting we're getting so much ammo for podcasters and you know content creators and whatever. You know, I, I don't care. Let's just hypothetically say we didn't lean the same way. I like you as a person, though. But like Jason's a cool ass dude. You're a nice, you're a nice guy. Well, you know, we personality wise, you know, we're gelling. But I don't have to talk politics with you. But no, that, that's the crazy. That's how it used to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, people never used to discuss politics. I never heard politics at my house. I never heard politics anywhere. Yeah. Only time the first time I started hearing politics was when I was in Iraq in 2004 because we kind of run out of conversations after 18 hours sitting <laughs> right. in a vehicle together. And I mean, nine eleven obviously gave us reason to start bringing this political stuff, you know, back mainstream, if you want to call it that, like out in the out in the public world, you know, voicing it. I guess is probably the better way to put it. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like the way George George W. handled things. <clears throat> yep, I get it. There's a lot of things I didn't like, but had he not, you know, gone over there and you know said we're going to whoop your ass. For what you did to us, had he not done that, he'd have gotten crucified too. So he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't. No matter what, regardless. And then all the conspiracies around him and you know how his uh, you know they were in on the whole nine eleven thing. But I'm always like, man, I don't know, bro. I'm I'm not gonna say I'm black pill to the point to where I believe that the government is in on every bad thing that happens. But I could see it, but I'm right. not necessarily 100 percent believing it. But there is a rumor apparently that his dad was behind the assassination of JFK. That the crazy white lady in the fish restaurant was talking about. <laughs> have you heard that one? I have not heard that. One. Apparently, they literally released the files. Apparently, and since it's been like sixty something years, apparently they're saying that that's what really happened. But the see, I read some of that. I didn't read all of it, so I mean, I can't say that I'm an expert in it. But I've read some of that because the JFK assassination intrigues me. I mean, on all levels. Was it, you know, was it the CIA? The mob? Was it the mob? Was it, you know, KGB? Whatever. Like, you have all these different things. Or was it Lee Harvey Oswald? I don't know if you've ever been out there. I have not. And gone to Dealey Plaza. Amazing. Really? Absolutely breathtaking. Now, you watch the Zapruder film or you just see different documentaries on TV. That place looks huge. I heard that shot's impossible. It's tiny. That whole plaza is super small. I was shocked, like, when I got there. But we went through. They have a museum in the book depository. You can put on headsets and go at your own pace. Really, really neat. But 
yeah, standing now, the trees, you know, the trees are a lot bigger than they were then. But looking at it, I'm like, and I'm by no means a marksman, but I'm like, it would be very, in my opinion, it would be very difficult. But then you have, you know, that's that road. I mean, it's a traveled road. It's an open road. But you'll have, there were like a whole bunch of Japanese tourists. They go out and lay on the X. Really? Right in the middle of the road, get their picture taken. Cars are honking. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. So I don't really appreciate them doing that, considering. No. I'm like, what are you doing, people? That was take a, this is where the president got killed, damn it. And here, uh, that laying right in the middle of the road. How would you feel if I came to Hiroshima and Nagasaki <laughs> and laid on your beach butt naked and took pictures of where we dropped the bomb on y'all? Exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, fair is fair, right? <laughs> uh, it was, but, I mean, yeah, you have all those conspiracy theories and, and all of that and I mean, you can take that whichever way you want. Yeah, I don't know, man. But, you know, the the child trafficking thing is absolutely – that's real, man. There's no – for some reason, we know now that apparently that movie, The Sound of Freedom, came out, was released and done five years ago. But these studios never put that damn movie out. Yeah. Why? I have my conspiracy theory. I want to hear it. (laughs) Give it to me. Because I think a lot of their executives were involved in that shit. In one way, shape, or form, and they didn't want to bring light to it. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're releasing it the way that they're releasing it. Because at, at the end, you know, there's that special message saying, you know, it's going to be in the studio or in the theaters for, you know, a couple months. We don't have big studio money because I think a lot of their execs just didn't, you know, they didn't want to draw attention to it. That's what I think. But I mean, as big a deal as that is, you know, you have Epstein Island, as we were talking about on the way, on the way home, you know, the Epstein Island stuff and, you know, I didn't realize, you know, Honduras was a big, you know, a big catching point yeah. to get these kids. Um, but then they said, you know, in the, the closing credits, you know, the little narrative afterward, that America's like the number one destination for them. I believe that 100%. And that is scary. That's very scary. You know, Jill's got an 11-year-old daughter. Bro, you met my kids. Yeah. Seven and nine, about to be 10. And it's unimaginable me waking up, going to my daughter's room, and she's gone. And like somebody's, just, yeah, she's just out in the world belonging to some, some creepo pedo man. Like yeah. that's that's hard to swallow. But the fact that it happens, and I was a lot talking with Jill, you know, texting. Like I wasn't getting uh, service in the in the theater. She was just asking how her evening was going. And once I got service, she was like, "That's why I don't let Zoe wander in the neighborhood. That stranger danger shit is real." Yeah, I mean. It could happen in suburbia. It could happen in the inner city. I mean, they were showing all the videos, dudes rolling up on mopeds. But that was, yeah, that was all, like, uh, clearly, like, in, like, Pakistan or India. So, my thing is, we know this stuff happens, but the probability of it happening in my child, where I live at, in this neighborhood, I think it's very low, but it's not zero. Right. uh, To me, as a parent, it's like, I want my kids to grow up and be independent and take on some, some freedoms, but, like, they want to walk to their friend's house up the street without me watching. I'm okay with that. Like when they, like when they're, when I'm at work and my wife is working in the basement and the kids just want to go outside the front yard and play, she won't let them. Part of me is like, man, you have to, because we have to ask ourselves, is the world more dangerous now than when we were growing up? I don't know if that's true because people have always said that the world is more da- a dangerous place now, but I feel like the world's always been the world and there's always been these people. And, be, and I guess it depends on where you're from. But when I was growing up at Fort Knox and we didn't have to worry about that stuff. But that's not to say that there weren't creepers living on a military base. Some dude in the military snatch right. you up, chop you up into little pieces. 
I was around in Milwaukee at the time of uh, Dahmer. I was a young kid, man. We lived there for about a year when that was going on. Did you hang out in the clubs with them? No, was not old enough, thank God. <laughs> and if I was, it would not have been those clubs. <laughs> that series was, was a messed up series. Bro, yes. So I actually just watched another messed up series. I'm watching it now. It's called The Whores of Dolores Roach on Prime, Amazon Prime. Oh, have you heard of it? I, I haven't heard of it. Bro, I just started the other day. I cannot stop it. It's pretty much a Hispanic female serial killer. Cannibal. Amazing series, man. Wow. Great series, but here's what they're losing me at with everything else going on today. They're parading this one character on the show, this black transgender person. I'm looking, I'm like, that's a dude. <laughs> that's 100% a dude. That's 100% a transgender. And when they when they started talking, where he started talking, however they wanted, I don't know, man. I I was like, that's that voice. Hey, hey guys. Yeah, this dude's been taking... <laughs> like estrogen a lot of estrogen pills bro. I was like yo this is and that's what the only thing is that bothers me about this show is like stop trying to pass this off as a female you ain't fooling nobody right that, <laughs> you know, that Adam's apple is creeping me out that, bro, them hands and them shoulders <laughs> I was like stop just stop you might be able to fool somebody that's drank a couple one too many trulies but you ain't fooling me I was I'll like to check on, that man. out I saw you post something about it but I hadn't heard of it yet. Bro, it's wild. When I first got hurt, I felt like I went from one end of Netflix to the other, and then I started back, and then I switched over to HBO Max and finished or started restarted The Sopranos from the beginning, went all the way through that. Because really? I was doing nothing but staying up. I, you know what? I was on Jim Gandolfini's uh, documentary back in 2007. I have the entire Soprano DVD set, bro. I saw that out there. Unopened. Never watched it. Never. Not a single episode. <laughs> I've not watched a single episode, man. That's good. I mean, but I feel like I got kind of got gold something out there. The fact that I got all these unopened Soprano series and DVDs. Nobody watches DVDs anymore, but right. I'm just like, man, it might be worth something one day. It should man. be but antiques. It, it will be antiques, <laughs> man. Unopened, still with the dust on it, man. But yeah, but it's a it's a wonderful show, dude. It's off to off to check. Man, it out. I ain't gonna. I almost had to cut it off, and I'm I don't get squeamish. At all, I've been a cop thirteen years. I've seen a lot. Most things don't make, turn turn my stomach. There was something about this show that turned my stomach. It wasn't the transgender dude either. <laughs> that was that didn't bother me, man. But it was. I don't want to ruin it for people. But my God, dude, I was just like, <clears throat> there was a couple. Oh God, oh, God. oh bro, there was a couple scenes in there. I was like, yo, what the f did I just watch? I remember I paused it. I was like, man, I don't know if I should. Play this thing and keep going forward. I don't like where this is going, man. <laughs> it, it it made me uncomfortable. I'm gonna check it out though. It's I'll probably I'll probably get squeamish the same place as you do. But well, you're off for another probably two weeks. Getting dropping, falling off of boats and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it started. Robin Robin Dan started calling me sea legs. Sea legs. <laughs> you out there on the water trying to be a gay sailor or something, man. <laughs> Got too drunk hey. and uh, hey. hey, oh, and he fell and cracked it. How many ribs did you crack? Five broke, five of them. Five of them, all of them broke. Whew. One of them was a millimeter from puncture my lung, one was a millimeter from puncture my spleen. So, yeah, I uh, I did it. The doc asked if I was a, an overachiever in high school. I said, No, absolutely not. She was like, Well, you are today. <laughs> you done did it. You did. You definitely done did it, man. But I mean, I'm leaps and bounds where I was, and 
I'm ready to get back to work though. It's you been off how long? Since June second. Bro, there is nothing worse to a man. Well, excuse let me a real man that has a real job that he likes and enjoys than getting hurt and being off for weeks from the thing you love. And then you couldn't I mean, yeah, and I could barely do anything. I mean I could get in my truck and drive and meet Robin Dan and podcast barely. and stuff, but <laughs> but I was I was paying the man every time I did it. The Percocets, Miller Lite, and Ibuprofen helped get me through. Ah, uh, them perks, dog. Maybe we were talking about that in class where we were talking about pills. They was like, hey, anybody in here ever been on morphine? I was like, me. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are we on morphine? Well, I got blown up in Iraq in 2005. And they was like, what was it like? And the, I, the best way I can describe what being on morphine was like when I got that first injection, I felt like God broke through the clouds and cradled me in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he was said, you're okay, my son. I got you, Dex. You're good, man. You're going to be all right. I was like, man, you know what I am? Maybe I am going to be all right. I feel so warm and cuddly. Oh, man, it felt, oh. Now I I understand addictions and how they happen. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> like, literally. It's weird. I was like, I've never taken a drug in my life up to that point. Boy, that first shot, man. Oh. So when I went in, when I went into the ER, and I waited like a couple hours, and then I thought I'd puncture my lung. So I told Joe, I'm like, how close to the house are you? Because I'm getting ready to call an ambulance. I got to go. And uh, I got in there, and I knew I knew the docs and the nurses because the hospital's close to the house. And I used to transport there when I worked for my other department. And uh, they're like, what happened? I was like, I'm broke. I don't know where exactly, but I'm broke. So they got me into the bed, and they hit me immediately with uh, a shot of fentanyl. And, mm. that, and that didn't touch it. No. Then they gave me a round of Dilaudid, which is the good go-go juice. I felt it here in my head, but it was still not taking the pain away. And then I was going to CAT scan, and I had posted on our Instagram page, selfie and you know video, making all the nurses say one more and I'm out of here podcast. I made them all download it. <laughs> never, hey, never a bad time for self-promotion, my That's dog. right, but I, post, never I, I posted time. all these videos and shit on, on our Instagram page. <laughs> And then when I got back, I said, look, you guys have known me for a long time. I'm not a drug seeker, but I need I need more because I can't get comfortable. And they hit me with one more round of Dilaudid. One more and I'm out of here, right? And that's where <laughs> and that's where I started spitting water through a straw at Jill. She's got a video, and she was like, don't you do it. And I'm like, <laughs> she's like, you fucker. <laughs> After that, it was lights out. I was done. Night-night. But I mean, it's but it's the same. Like the Percocet. Like if I didn't have that, I mean, to get up to go take a leak, like it, it was, it was a twenty five minute ordeal. Ooh. So as soon as I could get the ibuprofen, helped me a ton. So like, that I wanted to, I wanted to try to just stop the Percocets. So I save those for a rainy day when I hurt myself and don't need don't need to go to the ER. So I was being selfish with them. But I took those for like maybe the first week and a half, and just yeah, you know, one every now and then. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, you can see – and that was one thing I talked with my captain about. He was like, man, just be careful. He yeah. was like, I don't want to see you get all fucked up. Sorry. That's how it happens. But uh, I was like, nah, man. I said, I'm just doing it to get through, and then, you know, we're, we're putting them up. So, Or you could go sell them joints downtown I, for a lot of money. I could. I could probably pay I'm off all a, my credit card bills. I'm not advocating drug selling drugs. I am yeah. not. We don't joke, have, people. We, we don't advocate it. Not – there's nothing to joke about, man. People are really addicted. Trust me, I know. I see them every day, mm-hmm. every day, yep. man. It's like I. So see, he came here. He hadn't been. When's the last time he came to Louisville? Probably ten years ago. Probably. Ten years ago, 
What'd you think about all our downtown drug addicts? <laughs> the fact that you knew them all by name. There's <laughs> <laughs> Slick Willie. There's so-and-so. <laughs> that's a good cop for you, man. You got to know your clientele. That, that's man. right. No, it's, it's the same thing when we're rolling, you know, we're rolling through my district in, you know, in the ladder truck and like, oh, there he is. He's at it again. <laughs> and they don't, I mean, they don't, I mean, obviously being in a fire truck, they don't hide it from us, but we'll roll down the window and be like, how many sales you make today? <laughs> no, you fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see. We'll see you down the block. <laughs> see you when you're OD in a couple, bro. But you're right. I mean. I mean, you know, you know the players involved because I mean, those are your those are your frequent flyers. Those are your frequent contacts. Every freaking day, but I used to know and every place has them. every place. I used to know their full name, date of birth, and social. That tells you something. Yep. That tells you how often we used to interact with. And I don't remember people's faces hardly. Well, names hardly, but man, certain ones. Man, I told you about Gregory Stevens, <laughs> <laughs> boy, dude. I was dying every time we'd make a turn. Oh, yeah, somebody got shot there. Oh, wait, hey, there's so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy was just on the news the other night. <laughs> yeah. For smacking somebody. Smacking somebody downtown, bro. It's it's crazy, man. But down, every I tell people every downtown city in America right now under this administration is literally the same. Yep. Just drug users everywhere, homeless everywhere, people pissing and crapping on the sidewalk. Man. Everywhere. Did, did you guys, and I know like during the riots and stuff that you, know, you guys had here, did, did your administration allow, like, the tent cities to be set up? So that's kind of a touchy, hit-and-go subject. So technically, we have a no-camping ordinance in the city of Louisville. However, we were starting to let people camp. And so they took over the downtown park at 6th and Jefferson. They set up tents. And then homeless people just started setting up tents everywhere. We were told, don't mess with them, don't bother them. Yep. Then we were given the go-ahead, hey, we got to clean these people out. So some officers went over to try to clean out some homeless people from their camp. The next thing you know, the news gets involved, and LMPD police yeah, officers are, are monsters. Jerks. You're the jerks. They're monsters. They're trying to kick these people out that don't have nowhere to go. <laughs> Ever since then, they were just like, hey, you know what? We're not going to touch it. We're not going to deal with it. Nope. Same thing happened in downtown Cincinnati. They So we had a, a Washington Park. So they did a big revitalization of our downtown and just north of the river in still downtown but north of like the skyscrapers you have uh what we call over the rhine you know cincinnati's a german you know german um originated city for the most part it used to be called fort washington first really and then um then it was porkopolis pork porkopolis no since you're absolutely serious yeah cincinnati was one time called it was like one of the biggest pig slaughterhouses (laughs) in the porkopolis porkopolis this is, I mean, way, way, way back when. Oh, steamboat, man. steamboat era. Slavery. Slavery. <laughs> big Underground Railroad. <laughs> big Underground Railroad history stuff. There's a ton of it there. I mean, I'm saying if I was a black slave, I would definitely stop in Pork Island, yeah, bro. <laughs> Give me some of them burn ends. <laughs> Let the brother get a pork chop. <laughs> but then it became Cincinnati. But So they call this this section, and, and now it's more like the uh, the hipster area. Been revitalized, regentrified. But they call it over the Rhine, Rhine being German for river. So over the Rhine, and back then, it, you know, it was predominantly white. Well, then it went black. And we had, what was it, in 99, we had our riots, the riots in Cincinnati that were, I mean. Was that from a police shooting? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Timothy Thomas got shot. I remember that. And uh, I know a couple of the officers that, that were on that, you know, back then, but 
and it, it turned into a I mean it was nobody went downtown for five years I mean it was run down it was I mean it was like the wild west and it was scary but then they started revitalizing well then it turned hipster Man, I'll take the hood before I take the hipsters, and, dog. And I ain't you know what, lie. brother? I'm with you. <laughs> that is not my scene whatsoever. I, just, I do not like the hipster scene, man. <laughs> I mean, I'll wear, I'm wearing a pair of Hey Dudes, and they're comfortable, but I'm not into the Sperry's and the, and the, roll, yeah, and the real I, tight skinny jeans. I'm, I'm out. Now, I got into a little skinny jean phase later in life, especially when I was a lot slimmer. I started kind of wearing them. My wife really liked them. Felt like I was kind of cool. Well, you got to wear it. I mean, if the, if the old lady likes it, you got to wear it. Yeah, you got to, I man. get it. Got to. She didn't like the... I'm too no. fat. <laughs> but that's why I don't wear them now. You remember the movie Dazed and Confused? That with Tom Cruise? No, with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew, okay, McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. Based back in the 70s, all the hazing in high school and stuff. Oh, yeah. Where they're chasing kids with paddles as they're getting ready to become freshmen. And there's a scene in there where the girl's laying on the bed getting ready to go out. You know, it's the last day of school, so they're going out to party. And she's got a pair of vice grips on her zipper trying to get her you – know, get her. <laughs> <laughs> to get her jeans up, you know, jeans zipped up. She's got like a pair of vice grips, but that's, that'd be like me trying to put but, a pair of skinny jeans. That's on. life after life in your late thirties, bro. That's right. <laughs> Let me ask you, man, are you all on the uh, Instagram live? I am. We got any questions or anybody saying anything good? Uh, Faulkner do said, I hope that they put the money towards helping those kids, which I agree. Talking about the movie. Yeah. I think that and the money toward what else were they doing with it? Towards getting people free tickets to see the movie? Yeah, trying to get the exposure out. So then, yeah, the, and I've never seen that done. Where no, they, they I've put never, a QR code for the you movie, to be able man. to donate a ticket. Now, I'll tell you, I, I, I was kind of upset at the end of the movie because there's only one movie I've been in in my entire adult life where everybody clapped at the end when it was over, and that was The Passion of the Christ with Jim Caviezel. I almost started up and started a soul clap at the end because <laughs> I wanted it to be Jim Caviezel again. <laughs> the, I was like, man, I was like, somebody's got to start a slow clap. Bro. You know what? I never saw that. The Passion of the Christ? Never saw it. I have the bootleg for my rack in there. They no. have people like walking? Not on this copy. Not Actually, a movie. decent copy, but I do have, <laughs> right. I do still have all those bootleg, bootleg DVDs for my rack, bro. So right. It makes it feel like you're really there in the movie theater. <laughs> right. If you're in the theater and it happens. It's... So it's funny, like at the firehouse, guys are like, oh, man, I got this a movie that just got released. Oh, man, I got a bootleg copy. Now put it on. It's in Chinese. <laughs> I can't do subtitles. <laughs> like I can do like in this movie because, you know, little bits. Yeah. But this whole, whole movie thing. was subtitles yeah, and it was subtitled in English and subtitled in Chinese. Oh, Lord. And they were speaking Chinese. And then you had people walking. I'm like, bro, I can't watch it. Like, where are you buying these movies at? <laughs> He's buying these DVDs in Porkopolis, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's the only question I see right now so far. All right. Well, hope y'all are Her still in there. But, yeah. I mean, it was. I'm glad we went to see it, though, because um, Dan, my partner on One More. Mr. And then Carroll. Dan Carroll, he, you were a guest on his radio show. I was well. two times, man. I love yeah. Dan. Great Great but guys. Him and his wife and saw it. He was like, you need to go see it. So I'm glad you brought that idea up because that was a good one. Now, I, I probably look like a jerk. I'm I'm glad I was dark skinned because I did fall asleep at one point. I told you, <laughs> man, I was tired, man. Like <laughs> I had to get up early this morning and I went to the dentist because uh, I don't know if I told you I had a root canal and the dentist messed up and left a freaking little some. uh, What is it called? Some sort of little lead pipe thing in my not lead pipe, but. A port left the port in the back of my mouth, and so it got infected. So I was hoping to sleep in this morning. Was that guy doing it in the back of a van? Man, he might as well have. <laughs> really nice guy, though. <laughs> I saw your post about the port, and I'm like, oh, man. Bro, so it got infected, and so I didn't sleep good last night. 
and I was supposed to go to jujitsu today and all that, and I was just so tired and my face was hurting so bad. So I, it got infected, man. So I've been literally sluggish all day, and I've been out with this guy, suing him around the city, and I'm just like barely hanging on, stopping and getting Red Bull. Man, we got into that movie theater. But it was nice and cold and dark. It was, it was comfortable. Man, them chairs slid <laughs> back, chairs bro. Were <laughs> and I mean, the movie started out real slow. I'm like, man, hanging on, waiting for the action. I don't know. At one point, I just, oh, I felt so, oh, my God. I was like, man. There's probably that thunder outside. It stormed like a son of a bitch. Oh, man, it sure did, dude. I thought it was like the movie theater next door, man, but. They, with that, the, the sound of the rain on the uh, theater roof. Bro, I know. I thought it was man, too. Put me out. It's like a oh, like one of them sleep machines. <laughs> <laughs> I can't use those, man. I can't either. I, I, I have one, but I, I've literally, I've tried. I can't do it. Plus, it's not sexy. I don't know how you get ass wearing a CPAP. <laughs> <laughs> look at like the old school CPAP where you look like Tom Cruise. You I, look that's like the one that. I have, bro. I don't know. I like. How do you get laid? I only got the little ones with nose cups. Yeah, but still, it's like, do you like take it off? Like, I, I don't have one. I probably need one, and I'm sure Jill probably says that I need one. Twenty but, years in firefighting, I guarantee but I re- you do. I refuse. I, it's not fun and not comfortable. But we had a we had a guy that, with one of those old ones years ago. We'd wake up at like three o'clock in the morning for, for a run, and he'd have strap strap marks on his face. And we show up at somebody's house, and you know you're driving, you're half asleep anyway. And then once you get there, and you're you're starting, yeah, you, know, you got to go to work. And you look over, and I can't help but laugh. And this person's sick, but I can't help but laugh at this guy because he's he's a, a bigger bigger face guy anyway. So like they were like in like indentations. It was hilarious. Funny you say that because apparently on our night shift on my department. Apparently, they said there was guys that were parking and putting on their CPAP. No way. And sleeping and showing up on runs with the imprints <laughs> in their face. Bro, I was like, what? There's a couple guys at work now that have, like, the little nose cups. and I mean, they said they, they've changed a bunch. I still don't like it, man. I move around, and I don't know if I'd be able to, to deal with, you know, that hose and, and all that all that. Crap. Yeah, it, it, it was not fun. I got a lot of problems, bro. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep sleeping how I sleep, bro. <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't have the sound, and that's that air just. <laughs> I was like, bro. And everybody's like, man, it's the best sleep I've ever had. That's what bro. I've heard, too. I'm it's like, you know best. what? I sleep really good. I sleep pretty good. Since I started taking testosterone, my sleep has improved like 84, bro. Like way better than you what I was. You know what's funny is I never hear myself snore. But somebody else it does. It don't bother don't me none. Jill does, don't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't, I won't air her dirty laundry, but. <laughs> I'm not the only guilty party. I'll just put it that way. Now, how many like, you? How long have you been a firefighter? Um, I went. Well, I started when I was 18. I'm 43 now. I was a fire explorer through high school. And, well, we, uh, whoa, whoa, we don't say the term explorers here. What we call? Oh, because we had a Anything? bad. I'm sure you heard of the LMPD incident with the explorers. No, where the uh, cops were <laughs> diddling, diddling oh, the no. little explorer oh, kids. No. Too soon, bro. Too, Too soon, soon, man. <laughs> <laughs> But I got ex- you know I got exposed to it early, and then I went to college when I graduated. I went to college for business for two semesters. And I'm like, I do not want to sit behind a desk Monday through Friday every day. And my brother was in mortgages, making money hand over fist back then because that's when Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, everybody was getting those get like loans. Oprah. You get a loan, you, you get, get a loan, everybody. you get a loan. But uh, I was just I just saw how stressed out he was. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go back to be. I want to. I went back to my old fire chief. I said, Hey, I'd really like to try this as a, you know as a job. So he sent me through school, and uh, so I started part time when I was 18. I got hired full time in, in the pension system when I was 21. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to get in early. So 
like 22, 22 full-time years. And then, like we were talking, I got five years, five years left. 22 full-time years. So what month are you in the Firefighters Magazine? Are you Mr. July? Oh, I, I mean, I'd probably have to say it'd have to be December. You see this belly. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that to my local I firefighters. Like, I like man. Christmas cookies, <laughs> Buckeyes. And cuddling. Yeah. <laughs> but every time I see our local firefighters and one of the real handsome ones comes over, I'm like, hey, what's up, Mr. August? <laughs> but, man, this guy's it. a comedian, bro. I'm like. <laughs> I love it. No, there's uh, there's nobody nobody that I work with. You don't want a calendar with us. <laughs> no. But, but it, try, it'd be one of those, like, what not to do. Yeah, oh, trust me, bro. <laughs> I work with plenty of them. I probably am one of them at times. You know, but, I mean, it is what it is. But, but I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I made that career choice. I mean, I'm ready to be done, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, I'm ready to be done, but Tired I mean, of I the trauma. It. Yeah, it's just seeing bad trauma, stuff man. all the time. But, you know, Rob always messes with me because I get, you know, I, we have what we call a Kelly day. So every three weeks, my day's Wednesday. So every three weeks when my shift lands on a Wednesday, I don't work. So I would work Sunday, off Monday, off Tuesday. My shift is Wednesday, but I don't work. So then I'm off until Saturday. Mm. So every three weeks, I get five straight days off. Now, it's unpaid, but it's a way to keep us out of overtime. Yeah. So it's a management thing, but my time off is worth more than any hour, hourly Dude, rate they could give me. I'm telling you, people, you don't realize until you get older. When you're first a firefighter or you're first a young cop, you want to be at work all the time. Yep. You get off work, you leave the, your radio on, listen to the radio when you're off, around mm-hmm. the clock, and always watching cops. Now, 13 years later, I'm like, man, the hell with this uniform. Yep. I love my job, but but I love my house and my family more. Yeah, I leave, leave that there, and, and that's... Talking about, like, not working where I live, you know, like, I have a 27-mile commute, and so it's, I can leave everything there, come home, spend, you know, spend time, you know, podcast, whatever. I don't have to think about anything until, you know, three days later when I go back to work, and I like it that way. It's better that way. So, when we moved out of Louisville over to where we're at here, man, but I wasn't sure if I was going to like the the separation, but, man, I told my wife and I told my friends, like, I probably should have done this a long time ago. Moved myself far away from Louisville to where I have that separation because I feel normal. Yeah. Love it. And all it's weird. All my friends are like, man, why don't you come work over here, man? I'm like, bro, no. The, the beautiful thing about where I live at, I don't have any arrest powers or authority. <laughs> I'm just some random Negro walking past you in the super aisle <laughs> that you think is going to rob you. I'm nobody. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't it. know the crimes you committed. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. <laughs> it's the best thing that's happened to me, man. It's it's really rejuvenated me. And I, like I told you earlier, driving around downtown Louisville, was like, man, I miss the job. I miss the people I worked with. I miss working downtown. But, but you don't realize how tired and how stressed out you are Maybe until you move yourself from that source of stress, man. Yep. Dude, I've been gone now from Metro since, I think, November. Dude, my life has improved immensely. Like, my stress levels have gone down so much. My wife can tell the change, man. And it's and that's it's, huge. It's very big. And we don't think about that, man. And everybody's like, well, you can't take your car home. I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't can, need a police cruiser. I can deal with that. Not everybody gets, you know, a lot of people don't get to take their car home. <clears throat> no. It's a nice perk to have. It's very nice. But, but you're paying, you're paying one somewhere. Somewhere. You're, you're giving something up. Emotional, Nothing's energy, free. something, bro. That's why I was just like, man, there's nothing better when I drive into work in my normal clothes. When I get off, I put on my normal clothes. I'm just. Yep. 
coasting down the interstate, man. I try not to, yeah, I, I try not to literally bring anything home. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard because you're higher up there, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, my, I mean, my phone rings occasionally, but I'm not the high, you know, the highest. You got somebody else I'm to down, push it up like, to. I'm down, like, middle, middle management, if you want to call it that. It's got to be really big for me to know about it. I'll hear about it in my next shift. You know, me, me and the captain will be in the office. He'll be like, hey, I need to talk to you. You believe what these idiots did? Yeah, this is what we're dealing with right now. But, and that's fine. You're going to have that no matter where, you're, where you go. I mean, whether, you know, whether you're a grunt, you're a mail, a mailroom guy, whatever. Work is work. The politics are the politics. They're there. It's everywhere. It doesn't matter what line. You could be a, a, a bagger at the grocery store. And so-and-so did this. You're going to hear about it. Yeah, always, dude. But you have to be able to make that separation. And and I've noticed, like, where as I've gotten older, like you said, being able to just t- flip that switch and turn it off, where my mental health is better. Because I was stressed. I was snapping, you know, at, at the smallest little things. Because I was stressed out thinking about what I had to do three days from now when I go back in there. Mm. Now it's, you know what, we'll get to it when we get to it. I mean, outside of runs, I'm talking like just the yeah. other mundane, other stuff, other projects that we have. It'll be there. It ain't going nowhere. Exactly. And guess what? If something were to happen to you, that place would keep going on without you. Yep. The machine will keep running. Always, man. Always does, bro. And it's like what they say. Everybody's replaceable. Everybody. You may think that you are the bee's knees. Guess what? I had I had a former fire chief that didn't have a good rapport with his with his employees and. Instead of like walking up past like the the day room like where we hang out like kitchen or whatever, he'd go up a separate stairwell so he wouldn't have to talk to his fireman. Jesus, man! So that's I mean that's a terrible work environment to be in. Very bad. But he he made the statement one time and I used to be on our union board, so we're in contract negotiations and you know we're trying to not gouge the the you know the the municipality. But we're like, hey, look, here's the comparables money-wise and time off and trying to help, you know, the fellas. You're going to lose people if, if you don't bend a little bit. He goes, you know what? They can leave their boots. I'll fill them. Man. What uh, a resp- horrible what, response, dude. What, what good faith bargaining. My God. That's fantastic, right? I bet he had a miserable personal life, too, didn't he? Yes. And yeah. he, he was married to the job. I mean, he, he would respond on things, you know, that just – like a simple EMS run and just to show up now. And this is very minute, but for any firemen or cops that listen, depending on like, if you're going through like a police officer, you're going through it like a uniform change. You know, you had like the old traditional long sleeve shirts. Oh, the buttons, shiny buttons, buttons, all that bull. We had to wear our buttons up. We called them fatigue shirts, but we had to wear our button up shirts. 2.30 in the morning, you get an EMS run, that shirt better be on. Instead of just going in a t-shirt, these people are calling nine one one because they they have an emergency. They don't care what I'm wearing. I want to file a report. He didn't have the shiny buttons on. So I made <laughs> like I made so wintertime we had these uh, zip up fleeces, and I made a a dicky out of out of one of one of the fatigue shirts. So it showed two buttons, <laughs> and I had it sewn into into my fleece. Oh so when I put God. my fleece on, it looked like I was wearing that. <laughs> we got dispatched for a fire. I was on the ambulance. We got dispatched for a fire. And we roll up, put the ambulance in a driveway, and we, we carried uh, our SCBAs, our air tanks on the squads, and all our fire gear. We were first on scene, so we jump out. 
he pulls up right next to us. And I, I unzip that fleece, go to put my fire coat on, and you know my pants and stuff. And all of a sudden he looks, and I realize like what he's looking at is I'm wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> it's like three o'clock in the morning. There's fire ripping out of these two windows in the second story of this house. And he's just staring at me like you're staring at me now, just you know, mean mugging me. And I'm like, I'll, I'll sign the ride up when I get done. My Whatever, God, dude. And I got written up on that fire scene. Really? For not wearing so, my button-up shirt. My God. It's those little things, though, that go a long way. And kills the morale, man. Yeah. Just bend on some things, and your morale will be higher. Guys will work harder. Productivity will be up. But, yeah, so you have managers out there that, you know, just don't don't know how to manage. No, they just got – they get the power, and they – it's my way or no way. If you don't like it, screw you. Yeah, you know, go somewhere. Go somewhere else. And that's – man, that's that's never a good attitude. It's a horrible man. way. Horrible way, especially in public service. And I said it, it's everywhere. So, you know, everybody thinks that if they leave a certain place and they go to another place that the grass is always going to be greener. Now, my situation where I'm at, the grass is definitely greener, but that's not to say that there's not some brown spots, bro. Sure. When you find – where you find people, you will find problems – you will find drama. It's everywhere. Yep. There's no place that's drama-free where everybody agrees with the chief. Everybody agrees with the majors. Everybody agrees with the lieutenants and the policy. But It's just it's just the human condition, man. But we're going to find something to bitch about. Man. Right. And, I mean, we have it good, but there's still people that complain every day. And it's not <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not like Toontown in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit oh my God. where the curtains <laughs> open, the flowers are dancing. And, no, there's the grass is greener, but there's a reason it's greener. There's more There's more manure in it. There's definitely a lot more manure. Depending. Bro. Depending. And, but, and depending. I mean, and, you know, like I, the way you describe your situation, I think it was a good. Oh, absolutely. You know, I made more move. money and have less stress, man. I told you, I came in one day. I was like, hey, y'all getting a 5% pay raise? And then a week later, hey, here's a brand new truck. I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> this is nice to be appreciated, yeah, man. I'll take it. But it, 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 I've gotten older and matured in my career and in life. But I learned to worry about the things that I can't control. And the things I can, I just kind of, I don't care. But like, I got my car the other day. My partner was like, man, they could have cleaned this damn thing out for you because the people were in there working on a brand new car. Right. Left muddy prints in there. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll get a wet towel and wipe it out. I'm going to I'm gonna muddy and dirty it up itself. You know, so I was like, man, they should at least bought you some floor mats. I'm like, I don't care, bro. <laughs> like, I, it, it's not like you bought the car personally. It don't belong to me. And you're picking it up at the dealer. <laughs> and it it's not detailed. to the city. Yeah. And they could come yank that thing from me anytime they want. Like, well, we don't want you driving it. I don't care. Right. I, I, do, I literally, my entire career, I've never cared about the type of car I drove. But my whole thing was as long as I don't have to put my own money into this damn thing when it breaks, mm -hmm. I don't care. Give me something that keeps me safe and gets me where, you, where, where you want me to be, and we're good. Trust we're me, bro. My first police car, man, it was one of my first police chases. The brakes went out on me. I almost screamed my partner. <laughs> in a park like i was gunning it across this little small little park man i was like the guy's taking off and i just seen my partner cut right in front of me and i hit the brakes and it hit and it went past that point to the floor i was like oh god oh shit. oh bro <laughs> boy talk about pucker factor <laughs> i was yeah that's exactly what i was thinking oh, pucker man. factor was oh man i was clinched all the way <laughs> and i still drove that car for the rest of the night <laughs> <laughs> know where the emergency brake is. E breaking it, bro. Yeah. I was like, man, I don't feel like telling Sarge. I mean, stupid as a young officer, we it's a dumb decision, man. Like it's weird to thing is I was pulling it back into the yard, 
Brakes went out. I don't know what happened. That's how, you probably need to have that looked at. Pulling up on call, I'm pulling up on calls, just hitting that e-brake like slowly. <laughs> <laughs> why, why does it smell like burning brakes? I don't, I don't worry about that. Uh, well, it's, a, it's, it's a car just went down the road. Tell them we live. We work. I worked in a place uh, where I showed you. It's called Rubber Town. There you go. <laughs> yep. It's just the natural smell of the environment, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. As long as long as you got the tools to do your job. I mean, payday's every two weeks, man. Every two weeks, bro. It's a That's lot what... easier. And, and especially, like, with at my former – one of my former departments, I was I was the assistant chief. And I, I gained a new appreciation of, like, now now I'm a lieutenant at this other – yeah, my, my new employer, but uh, – a three-year-old new employer. But I explained, like, when guys – and we have a lot of young people explaining to them, well, I don't understand why they are – the way they aren't telling us this. I'm like, you don't realize the stuff that he is buffering that we don't need to know about. Yep. He'll let us know when we need to know. And if we need to know, it's probably bad. No news is good news. That's right. He's handling business. And you know, I love the chief I work for now. He's he's down to earth. He's one of us. You know, he'll come out and kick it with us, you know, out at the bay table and you know, BS. But I'm like, dude, he's buffering. He's doing what the fire chief should do. I was always told by one of my first my first sergeant on police department, don't call me for anything. He was like, you have senior officers around. Go to them. And I never understood it until I started getting a little further in career. I was like, yeah, I see why. Yep. Man, like, like, bro, unless you need me per policy, don't bother me. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah, makes sense, man. You, so You got to let it. Yeah, you got to let it roll. So let me ask me, is it Chicago fire? Is it anything like that in real life? Definitely not. <laughs> now, now everybody's not like devilishly good looking. We no, definitely, <laughs> definitely not that. And, sure, everybody's banging each other, though. and we and we don't and we don't repel off of overpasses every shift and what whatnot. A, what a dream killer, man! <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna leave the police department, join the fire I don't department. Think, I don't think Chicago it's, fire. I will say, I will say, I don't think it's a bad show. It's a great show. It's, I mean, it's entertaining, but unrealistic. Some of the storylines that are in it, the drama. <clears throat> Yeah, you have some of that firehouse drama. Oh, absolutely. There's drama everywhere, bro. Fire. I tell people that's why I stay in this career field, man. Ain't no drama like first responder drama, bro. That's a fact. <laughs> it's, a, it's another level, man. There's a new show. There's a new reality show out. Like, I mean, it's like Cops, but it's uh, L.A. Fire and Rescue. And it, oh, really? And it follows L.A. County, and he, it goes on real calls. Like Do you watch it? Yeah, I actually. I, that's a surprise. I enjoy it. Really, See, man. I can't watch anything police related live. Now, because I've been doing it so long, I don't have anything. I don't care what it is. I can watch a movie or an actual TV show, TV show, but a live TV show about the same thing I do that I get paid to do. I'm yeah. like, listen, man, I'm paying to sit here and watch the show. And I'm not doing it. I'm- See, and I, and I don't know if it's it might be different for us. I find it very intriguing. And I told you, like, you know, I've traveled you know, around for different classes and stuff. Fire departments work so different. In different regions of the country. Oh, it's the same with police departments. So I'm, I'm always intrigued on how they actually work, like how their shift goes and, and their 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 tactics, their their strategy and tactics. And so it, to me, that that's the intriguing part. And then you know, I think it's cool. like L.A. You know, they've got they've got you know <coughs> helicopters, planes, you know, for their forest fires and stuff. That's a whole squadron. Of the fire department. Like, I just, I think in the boats, like, yeah, I, I've never worked anywhere that had those. We got boats in Louisville. So it's, I mean, to me, it's just, it's a different, 
you know, obviously, you know, Cincinnati Fire has has boats because you know we've got the Ohio River. But where I, anywhere I've worked, you know, I've been in in the in the suburbs. So, I mean, we've had you know John boats, or you know, we'll have a Zodiac for you know floods, the Little Miami River, or whatever, because a lot of canoers and stuff. But that was not in my district. But we would do mutual aid with them. But so those little facets that I've never been able, and I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with aviation anyway. Like I want to, I want to get my pilot's license. Really, I'd love to. I'd love absolutely. To, I'd love to it. learn how to fly a helicopter. Man, you got them little toy planes hanging from your ceiling in your room, man. I got, I got a drone. <laughs> now it's funny. A funny thing because my fire department, <laughs> we started a drone team. Really, so we've got a regional drone team that gets. It's a dispatchable <clears throat> resource. That's not a bad idea. So we get we get called out. We do mostly. I mean, it's mostly police stuff. Because I know some police departments do have drones. When I was in North Dakota going to get a truck, bro, I met with their police department. I actually got the patch for it, bro. It's pretty dope. They got a like a patch for it, a special patch they made for the drone team. Bro. Yeah. Pretty dope, man. Yep. So ours, uh, you know, we'll get dispatched, and we'll be standing right next to a SWAT commander if they've got somebody holed up in a house. And we've got, I'm trying to remember how many, I think, like five medium-sized drones, and then we've got like five small ones. So we, <coughs> excuse me, we can actually... They don't have to put any police officers or SWAT members up by the house. Send the drone up. We'll send a drone up watching. It's got FLIR. So we'll just be watching, you know, doing overwatch. And then we can send another drone if, you know, if there's access into the house, into the structure, and then get a whole layout of what the house looks like before they have to make entry. And I remember we were flying up, up the steps. It was a two-story house, flew it up the steps, and the guy was held up, and they, they thought they knew which room he was in turn a corner, you know, and the camera's right there, and he's sitting there with a 12-gauge shotgun underneath the window, and here's this drone flying right in front of him. <laughs> oh. And they're like, all right, back it out before he shoots the damn thing. But they knew exactly where he was. Better him shoot the drone than us, bro. Exactly. So, I mean, it's I think it's awesome because it's not putting you guys in harm's way. He's not going anywhere, and we can see if he does. And, if I mean, if he decides to, you know, neutralize himself – even better. That's a choice that he's making. Save taxpayer dollars. Exactly. But we've, we've been over, over house and be like, hey, dude, homeboy just ran out the back. So then we're, uh-huh. some we're tracking him with FLIR and he'll go into a wooded area. And, you know, they had a perimeter set up, you know, like half a mile away with the canines. And you just saw three canines charging through the woods. Oh, nice. And all of a sudden you see him, you know, just jump Got on him. him. Oh, dude. It, <laughs> Got him. Dude, it was awesome. But I mean, it, you know, it takes that SWAT standoff, you know, from a 10 hour deal. Man, you know, time wise and resource wise. I don't know if you remember in 2016, uh, the Dallas, Texas shooting, the BLM shooting, where the police put a bomb on the robot, took it up to old boy hiding in the garage and blew his ass to smithereens, dude. You remember that bank uh, that happened before that, that uh, that bank robbery in Dallas? And the videos show, or the pictures show, like, uh, I think it was an armored car, like right in front of a bank or something like that. But one of the guys that's in my bike club is a Dallas PD guy. Oh. And he was like, that picture that you see with the armored car and the and the cruiser, it's all shot up. He's like, that was my cruiser. Oh. But he knew he knew all the guys I think it was all all gentlemen that got that got shot with mm. that with that uh sniper. And Damn. that so talking like it's just and the people that you you meet. You see the this stuff on the news. It makes nationwide news and all of a sudden here I am talking to one of the cops over there. See, man, that's one of the cool things about being in law enforcement is that, you, like we were talking about earlier, networking and making connections. But 
But that's also the cool thing about being a podcaster and doing podcasts. I tell people that I get to make so many connections with people that I would have otherwise never ran across. Yeah. Like I would have never met y'all if I never decided to start this podcast, man. Yeah. But so that's why I tell people it's it's not about making money. You know, for me, some people it is, but not for me. I'm, you know, that's one thing I like about y'all's podcast is y'all aren't just out to make a dollar, bro. Y'all are literally providing entertainment and providing good content for people, man. And just I can only fun. just having fun, dude. And, and everybody gets so serious about this stuff. And I understand, but everybody wants to be the next Joe Rogan and everybody wants like, you know, 5,000 followers and downloads. Bro. And I'm just like, man, if I get one person to download and listen and hear me out. All good. Like I've been looking over at the screen. <laughs> 50 followers were active live bro now it just went off hold up a second but yeah i mean i just i enjoy doing it just i get to hang out with my buddies you know and and sit there and chill and and we talk about what's relevant in the news make fun of it or make fun of each other or but then yeah we'll get good guests you know when you guys came up you know like you said i got to i got to meet you you know and then you know eric tanzi Going down to the meetup in Clayton, got, you know, Andrea, Breezy, Bates, Deadleg. I mean, all those guys. And then Eric introducing us to other friends of his that are, are potential just, that are potential guests. It just keeps rolling, dude. It literally, it just keeps rolling, man. That's why I tell people it's just fun to be, it's fun for me to do. And I tell, especially as a first responder, we have to have hobbies outside of our job outside the job because this job will literally eat you alive bro and take everything from you everything man and you know i've gotten to the point where i've been podcasting now for two years but i tell people i've gotten a little lazy and a little tired because i've been so busy but i love doing it just because it's just something it's fun man it's a great outlet it's a great outlet you can talk about whether i mean whether you talk about your work or just in in your past i mean your, your you know your military career or you know things that happened and Oh, hey, I made a run. It reminded me of this, you know, and you just you're you're having that that mental recall. And it could be something that you don't even realize is bothering you. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, once it flows out, you're like, wow. And that is I that, get it. And that's just that one thing I, I used to struggle with so much was like, man, there's so much news going on. And man, I, what am I going to talk about? The world never disappoints, man. That's, that is that is <laughs> a fact, brother. The world never disappoints. It's just there's always something in the news. I think the thing now is the uh, you see the story of this young black girl out of Alabama that faked her kidnapping. I heard I heard something vague vague about it, but I didn't look uh, into it. Oh, bro, she's like she disappeared for days. She said she was driving down the interstate and saw a little black baby on the side of the road. Got out and somebody took her, and she comes like two days later walking down the street and walks home. But apparently, is that the one that did? Did did failure to stop cover that? I don't know if they covered that yet. They might have. I can't remember. They might have. This is real fresh, bro. This is like a couple days fresh, bro. But apparently she came out today and said she lied. And I was like, why would you lie about that in 2023 when there's cameras everywhere? But And this is my thing. I, I'm on social media, but this is why I hate social media. Because social media drives people to want to be more famous and popular than they really are. Yes. And it, it, people don't know their spot in the world, bro. I'm not Joe Rogan over here at the Iron Piss Podcast. <laughs> I'm not Eric Tan. I'm not anybody. I'm not the Drinking Bros. I'm not Jocko. I'm just me. As I call it, my little mom and pop podcast, bro. I have my friend, fans. Hey, if y'all listening out there, especially on live, thank you. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. I love y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. 
because you don't have to listen to me. There's literally millions of podcasts out here. If you want to go listen, listen to them. And I tell people, I don't get mad when people don't listen to my podcast. Right. I don't get mad when black people, oh, I haven't listened. I, it's all good, man. I don't care. It's, it's okay. You either, I mean, you either, you either like them or you don't. You don't. It, literally it, man. You're not hurting my feelings. People are work, make fun. Hey, you little podcast, huh? And I always ask, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, you wrote a book. I'm like, where's your book? And I try. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we legitimately try. And not, not that we're trying to, to stir shit. If we're doing something that, that you don't like, emails. Hit know. us on social. Let us know. People don't want that confrontation. Because we don't know what we don't know. We need you to tell us. You know, uh, you know whether Jason talks too much or doesn't talk enough or Rob, you know, whatever. <laughs> Rob, you know, Rob does this or Dan does this. <laughs> we need to know so that way we can cater to a point. I mean, we're still going to do our thing. But we can cater to if our listeners are liking something or not liking something. We know what to hit or what not to. Do y'all get a lot of uh, emails? No. I mean, that's we'll, the thing. You, I don't get a I, We'll get some. I get periodically get stuff. I put it out there like, hey, man, you got questions or something? Let me know. Want to know what I think about something? Hit me up, bro. Or, hey, here's a good topic you should bring up. Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah. Give me a link or, or tell me where you found it so I can go get educated on it. And, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, all right, so – and like I said, on our, you know, our cards say from porn stars to pro athletes and everything in between. And they have had the porn stars. And we have. Yes. One. Hopefully more. A local one. I was super shocked by <laughs> Well, I don't want to say the name because I don't want people to know that I know her name. I knew you. I knew you. I, am I knew you know who she was. Though. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> I'm a man with a past. I don't need y'all's judgment. <laughs> but like you said, like your mom and pop podcast, I mean, we're, we're three idiots that a year and a half ago didn't know anything about how to podcast. And now here we are, we're video, working on another camera. And it's, I've just grabbed it as a hobby because I like to learn things that I don't know. And I mean, some of the guests that we've had, and I know a lot of people aren't local to Cincinnati, but you know, we had Marty Brenneman on who was the Reds radio broadcaster for over 50 years. Man. And everybody grew up listening to him. And he lives, he ironically lives in Anderson Township where we live. And we were able to get him. And he came on, had a blast. And we're going to have him back towards the end of the baseball season. And his son, Tom Brenneman, who had gotten into some trouble. Uh-oh. Because he, he was a, a Cubs broadcaster. And then also did like, uh, I think it was NFL on Fox. I mean, he was doing NFL games. And then he made a statement on a hot mic that got him into some trouble. Got him Are you allowed to re-say the statement? Because I did not hear this. Oh, I sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll say it. Um, Don't be dropping any M-bombs in my house, bro. No, no, no M-bombs. <laughs> no, they were – I can't remember who the, – the Cubs – I guess the Cubs were playing – I think it was the Cubs that were – I don't know. I'm trying to remember what team he was broadcasting for, but he was in Kansas City. And and I'd be curious to hear how much, his, how much trouble his producer got in because the producer's in charge of – the audio and they weren't even they were like on a break but his mic was hot so his, yeah, his mic's hot i can't remember which team he was broadcasting for but uh they were in kansas city and they were like in a break i don't know if it was a commercial break or might have been pre-game and he said uh we're in uh kansas what, what how do you word it um Kansas City, the fag capital of the world. Oh, <laughs> on a hot mic. Oh, ouch! So then he he finished he finished the game, but like you know towards the end, 
he ends up, you know, making an apology, you know, the typical, this is not my character. You know, anybody that knows me knows that. Yes, it is. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. I don't care. But, and, and I mean, I've met him before. I mean, cause he's local. He grew up, you know, in Cincinnati. He's a bro. And he, I mean, he is a good dude, but I mean, who hasn't said something? Exactly. But I get it. You can't say that shit. Yeah. On TV. Yeah. Yeah. On a, on a, on a broadcast. <laughs> Not that it was intentional. <laughs> Not intentional. Yeah. So, yeah, so he got – but, you know, we're going to have him and, and his dad on, which I think will be so cool because, you know, his dad's 80. But still has Man. has a voice that is – Distinguishable. It's, it's perfect. Man. And he's still very – even though he's retired, still very much involved in the Reds. So he's doing a bunch of functions and stuff. So, But I think it would be cool to have them on. Heck, yeah. Because he's not going to be – you know, he's not going to be around forever. So for us to be able to have both of those Dude, those guys together, I think that'd be dope. And only because you started a podcast, man. Mm-hmm. So what's up? What's up next for uh, one more and I'm out of here, man. So we've got a uh, when I get home tomorrow. Tomorrow I gotta prepare for. We got one at five thirty tomorrow with uh, one of our township trustees or former trustee, who's a friend of the show and a guy that ran for Cincinnati mayor, and I think he's going to run again. But did a lot of great things for the city of Cincinnati. Yeah, and we don't live in the city proper, but you know he was all over and did a lot of great things. So we're gonna have him on, kind of more of a serious one. But you know, just the other day we had your buddy Gunnery Sergeant Bustler, who, yeah, who you hooked man. us up with, and an absolute banger, man, of a podcast, dude. That dude is so easy to talk to, and that story is amazing. Yes, man. and if nobody, I know you've already mentioned it, but <laughs> if nobody has seen our podcast or listened to Dexter's with with Bustler, do it. Buy his book. You will not regret it. It is a it is a, a a good easy read, page turner, and it's a story that you know, like Dex and I were talking. It's a story that you just don't hear. You yep, don't hear no. about the, hear about how our our guys that gave their life how they get home. No, and, we, we and all what know. all is entailed in it. Yeah, we all know the shoot 'em ups and jumping on grenades and all the cool heroic stuff, but Americans don't know the less sexy side of the job, which is shipping the bodies and body pieces of America's yeah. fighting men and women back home, man. And he, and the fact that there oof. were 37 Marines that did that, that's it. The whole Marine Corps dude working in army, Navy, air force, everybody. And then working out of world war two manuals and then rewriting those manuals. I mean, just, man. and you, I mean, you were over there. So you saw, I mean, that none of that, that never crossed my mind. It that doesn't. never crossed my mind the whole time I was there. Man, I wonder how if I get die, how they're how they gonna ship me home. You know, it, that never crossed your mind until it happens to somebody, and you see that casket, like man, holding their remains. It's yeah, somebody. It's, it's a job. Somebody's got to do it, man. And he's you know when he's talking about the Bradley and stuff and how they're getting you know remains out and how much work it was working in just obscene conditions. The crystallized sand. blood, man. They're talking about how it's like glass when it burns. Yeah. Because it's so hot, I was like, damn. What I think is bullshit, though, one of the coolest things in that book, because now every time I see it, like, it's it just it stays in my head, was how he took the time to redo how they drape all those flags. Mm-hmm. And they called it the bustler method, but yet he got no recognition for doing so, but everybody adopted it. That is now the standard. I mean, what what an honor. To have that. Started ironing the flags. Yeah, man. Creasing. Yep. I mean, what do you say? You know, they spent two nights, you know, perfecting it. I mean, just that part, just putting that care into it. 
And as he said, these guys gave everything. We can give them our everything to make sure they're presentable. I mean, what a Ab- amazing story. Yeah. Like it, it, it gives me chills, man. Just talking about, I told you, man, when I told you when he coming on, I was like, man, have the tissues ready, mm-hmm. bro. Definitely have the tissues. He, he got man. me. He got me teary once, but yeah. met his wife. He brought his wife down. He wanted to be live with us, which I thought was great. I mean, we were giving him the option for a virtual interview. He's like, no, I'd rather be down there. Okay. And he's only 45 minutes from us, so it's not. Yeah, I didn't want him to make that trek down here. He was all about it. I was like, look, man, I'm not going to have you drive an hour and 45 minutes, bro, just to come here and be on my little mom and pop podcast, <laughs> dude. I'm not going to do it, well, man. That's why I said when I took him, because we did ours you know, where we normally do it in the back. We, it wasn't out in the front main bar. I said, welcome to our not-so-professional studio. There's wires everywhere, you know, <laughs> yeah, all tri- on the ground. I'm like, trip hazards. And I said, this isn't a fire hazard, I promise. I'm a fireman. I got it. But, yeah, but he was like, no, this is great. He was like, the fact that they let you, you know, do this stuff back here. And he was like, it's perfect. So he hung out for like two hours after. His wife actually had to drag him out of there. <laughs> Tell people, studios aren't necessarily pretty, man. Right. It's just as long as the upper portion of the <laughs> photo looks good. It's all about the angle. Bro, if I tell y'all, well, like around my feet right now, all these wires and stuff and boxes, bro, you'd be like, man, what? I make sure I tell Rob that the camera does add 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for those new cameras that like take off 20, man. Yeah. That's what I'm waiting on. Right? <laughs> so I ain't started my pod video podcast portion yet, dude. <laughs> man, bro. So we've been going about an hour and 12, man. It's been a long day. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. Bro. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, right. I'm ready to lay down. Man, so uh, my wife got them all hooked up. My wife gets excited when we have company. Oh, so I listen. Great hostess. Let me tell y'all. I came home, and I'm going to go down to the basement and start getting this man ready for bed. And I'm like. Are these brand new blankets and brand new fresh sheets? <laughs> bro, like she went to the store, bought you some brand new that sheets, man. That is hilarious. Man. I didn't know she did that. Bro, I didn't either. <laughs> That's a surprise to us both. But no. I told you, I told you, once she finds out we got company, bro. I like, dude. In the morning, you go when you wake up, you're gonna be like, "What is this?" You're gonna think you didn't woke up at like a five star hotel. <laughs> She's gonna have a fruit tray, like all decorative, <laughs> bro. I mean. Now she's she's awesome. She's pretty good, man. She's she does me well, bro. I, I did I've done well for myself on this one. Only took me getting married, you know, going three times to find her. So, hey, you know what? I'm with you. I did well. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just it takes a couple. You just gotta you gotta figure it out. Especially I'll tell you, I'm definitely a a soldier and I'm definitely a cop. I've lost one to each profession, man. I'm I'm with you. <laughs> so you ain't a real cop or soldier if you ain't or fireman at least if you ain't been divorced at least once. You gotta get you gotta get that practice practice round of marriage in, man. <laughs> get one under your belt so that way you know what you're doing. That's right. I still didn't learn after the first one. Right. <laughs> Second one, third one, I'm I'm on target, man. All right. yeah, I'm gonna lay down, and turn that big TV on. Hey, go for it. Hey, man, make yourself comfortable, man. Absolutely. Enjoy yourself in the on man the, cave. In the man cave this, with this the place brand is new awesome. sheets. Oh yeah. I'll be back next weekend. Hey, come on. Hey, you're welcome <laughs> anytime, my man. Anytime. As long as hey, can you cut the grass for me? Because I'm kind of behind. Yeah, yeah. I'll take I, that. That's worth it. <laughs> I was supposed to today. <laughs> I ain't get. To, I ain't get to nothing today. I think man. I gotta do that when I get home tomorrow. Ugh. I would suggest get my neighbor, man. He does it for everybody. Especially with as much rain as we got. Oh, my God, dude. that, that That's the problem. The yard's going to be wet tomorrow, so I'm not going to be able to. I don't like cutting wet grass. Dude. No, I'm with you. You got yeah, you got to let it dry. Yeah. Gets all clumped up, and then. We really sound like we're like 40 and 39 <laughs> to 40. These are, these are the. These, this is what you talk about. Are, this is what you talk about now versus, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Cutting wet grass and drinking Trulies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have turned a corner, Dex. <laughs> 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get ready to call it, man. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Iron Pitch Podcast. For those that joined on the live stream, thank you all for tuning in. Hey, man, it's always an honor and a pleasure to have you all tune in because like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot more professional ones, some that are a lot better. But guess what? For some odd reason, y'all keep coming back to the Iron Pits podcast and the special crossover with the One More and I'm Out of Here podcast with Jason Kiefer, man. This has been an awesome day. It's good to break kind of break up the day-to-day struggles I have, man. Yeah, but I really appreciate you coming down, man, hanging out. I appreciate the invite. It was a good, good, you know, just guy time hanging out and, you know, shooting the breeze. So that's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, man, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. We're going to get ready to lay it down because our old asses is tired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going fi- to pick up my nap from where I left off in the movie theater, man. <laughs> <laughs> You'll start reciting mo- or movie <laughs> movie scripts. <laughs> yeah, ch- check check us out on, uh, you know, we're on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, we try to do two a week. Um, they're not always on the same day, but I try to put it out on our Instagram with a little bit of a heads up of what time. And I usually put the link for the YouTube channel in, so if you want to tune in live. Um, we'll be going tomorrow at 5.30, and then I have to look. I don't know when our next ones are after that. But So, any uh, any followers, make sure you download Pitts's, leave a rating and review, download ours, rating and review, subscribe to the YouTube. Definitely. And uh, we appreciate you listening, man. Thanks for the love and the shout-out, man. Thanks for coming down, man. Absolutely, brother. All right, fellas. I hope uh, Dan and Rob, hope y'all listening. I'll be up there soon, hopefully, man. Did y'all send me some wings at the varsity, brother? That's right. All right. This has been the Iron Pits Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in, and I will see you all on the next one.